Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. Today is Tuesday, January 29th, 2019. I'm here with Shaka Shervington. We have got to talk about the upcoming Super Bowl. That's right, Super Bowl 53 this weekend. You better get your shit together. You better get excited because we got we're gonna break down the whole thing for you. But I mean, I, Shaka, I think you know what question's coming. How's uh, how's Ezra doing today? Um, well, today marks the little man's uh, three months on the outside prison. Wow. Uh, wow. He's a wonderful screaming mess. I actually just had to make sure that sound-wise, he, he's playing in the living room, but he his laugh or his excitement laugh is somewhere between a scream and a choke. <laughs> so it just... It, You'd hear it in the background go, what the hell is that? Oh, that's just my son laughing. He's overly excited right now. But he's good. Well, that's good. That's, a, you know, listen, he's got to develop his laugh. Doesn't always start out the same way. You know, it's, it's got to build. I'm, I'm terrified of the days where he actually throws a tantrum and realizes his, his full vocal potential. Oh, uh, dude, you better get ready because I'm sure it's coming. Oh, uh, I'm enthused. Now... We got to jump into Super Bowl 53. This will be the third straight year in a row the New England Patriots have gone to the Super Bowl. I just it just frustrates me. We're looking at so it's it's going to be the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams. We're going to see a lot of excitement with this Rams team. Jared Goff, um, you know, Sean McVay, a lot of innovation with this team, a lot of excitement. You know, Aaron Donald, Indomitian Sue. Keep to leave. There's a lot of names on this team. You know, second straight year with Brandon Cooks going to the Super Bowl. Hopefully, this time he'll be on a winning team. Um, yeah. You know, trying to make the most without Cooper Cup. You know, you got Josh Reynolds out there. Robert Woods, I think, has been a real find. Um, Tyler Higby, not to mention Todd Gurley. A lot of excitement. Give me yeah. reasons why we think this team could actually beat the Patriots. Because from my perspective, the Patriots are a juggernaut that I don't care how good they are. I don't care how not good they are. I mean, I still have yet to believe anybody can convince me why any other team can beat this Patriots team. Give me some thoughts here. Let's let's start off. What do you think? I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely sure I'm the man up to this job, but I'm going to do my best. I do, Please, that's um, what I want. I've just been looking at this, and I mean, throughout the season... Pound for pound, when you talk about probably one of the most complete teams, and when we say complete, I mean complete, probably had to be the L.A. Rams. When you talk about a team offensively, you know, you've got Todd Gurley, who from yards from scrimmage is always in the top three conversation every year. Um, you got Sean McVay, a mastermind at the offensive coordinator position and at the head coach position. Super young, knows his shit. Uh, game plans for everything. And, again, the Rams, since he's taken over this team, have been um, top-ranking or near the top in every offensive category since he started. Their only knock is that as the season wears on, either be it injuries or teams pick up on their schemes, they kind of peter out a little bit. But they've made it this far. They've made it to the Super Bowl. And right now I'm going to pick two two players, one on offense and one on defense, that I think are the big X-factors if the Rams want to come out. With I was about to say, who are you thinking on our X-factors? And you mentioned one of them already, and that's for me it's Robert Woods on offense. Now, I mean, Robert Woods is not exactly a guy who would pop up on anybody's, you know, radar as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I love him. And, I mean, frankly, he just is. When you look at his numbers, um, he's up there in terms of yardage. He actually posts almost identical numbers to Brandon Cooks, who, you know, is the more talked-about wide receiver on Mm -hmm. the team. Mm -hmm. Robert Woods racked up 1,200 yards receiving. He had six touchdowns. 
pretty much the same Brandon Cooks, 1,200 yards, five touchdowns. He also ran the football 20 times for, you know, like 150 yards and a touchdown. He's very flexible. He's fast. He understands the scheme. And he, you know, he's one of those guys. I, I think teams underestimated him, but they didn't put enough emphasis on him. But throughout the season, he's been one of their most consistent players. And he's been there for uh, those moments when, you know, Brandon Cooks had a couple concussion uh, issues this year as well. Woods had no problem stepping in at the number one position and taking over the offense. So I think uh, in terms of the, the Rams' offense actually moving, I'd say more so to a degree than Todd Gurley, who, you know, has said that he's fine, he's healthy enough to play. I think Robert Woods is the guy. If you can get him open, you can give the Patriots secondary something else to worry about um, and really start to make them play you back a little bit, and that'll open up the run game. And I think all all roads lead to Robert Woods, especially with a guy like Brandon Cooks, who's already played for the Patriots. So they kind of know his skill set. And a lot of those guys are scrimmaged against him. So they know what to expect against um, defensively. Okay. Um, I don't know if you want to interject there or anything. Uh, you, you know, before, yeah, I would. I love Robert Woods. He Personally, for me, he's been a sneaky fantasy pick the last two seasons. I think... I don't think anybody expected him to put out the production that he's been able to, you know, have when he came yes. to the Rams. You know, I think he was really felt of he was felt like a distressed asset that was sort of let go by the Bills and then he comes to this Rams team and he's really been a revelation. He fits so well into their scheme. He's clearly the the one of the most underrated number 2 receivers you can think of because not only is he uh, 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 an essential piece of this receiving game for the Rams, but he's also in the run game. He's part of those jet sweeps. He's part of those, you know, you know, double handoffs in the backfield. I love what Robert Woods brings to this team, and I love the fact that he is sort of this underscored receiver that sometimes doesn't get as much street cred as, say, a Brandon Cooks, um, because I think he's probably even more essential to this team than Brandon Cooks. I mean, maybe, you know, a, a close number two would be Cooper Cup. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm completely okay with that assessment. Yeah, yeah, and I just think that you're absolutely right. He is going to be a key X factor for this offense, probably more so than Goff and Gurley, and more so than Cooks. I think that you'll find Robert Woods is going to be the guy who will probably have to make some of the big plays in this game. Uh, keep going. I want to hear your X factor on defense. Um, on defense, uh, I don't know if you're going to be surprised by this or not, but I'm going with Indomitian Sue. Dude, that's what I'm thinking, baby. Keep going. On defense. I, I mean, let's be honest. Aaron Donald had a monster season. Um, we talk numbers. I, I, he, in my opinion, he's the defensive player of the year. I, if he doesn't win it, I'll absolutely really, really consider not watching football next year. Um, <laughs> he's just been absolutely dominant. And then you have Indomitian Sue, who a number one draft pick, who's played pretty solid throughout his career, but for the most part, I would consider his career a very underwhelming for the potential that he had coming out in all the projections. This guy was a surefire, you know, pro bowler perennial, potentially Hall of Famer, um, just the physicality, the size, just the natural gifts. He, he's he's underperformed um, so far in his career. And he played in uh, this Rams, you know, this Rams defense this year. He, he took a one-year deal. Uh, he could have gotten a bigger deal from the Jets potentially, but it fell apart, and he ended up taking a one-year deal. So this this year has pretty much been kind of an audition for, for so just to get himself back into you know big contract uh, territory. And he's really kind of underperformed. He had four and a half sacks this year. Um, his name's barely been mentioned. He should be part of just I mean talking about just absolute terror on defense. We really haven't gotten that with him um, this year so far with LA. And, and, and I, I, I mean. 
I really feel like he's been underperforming a little bit this year, but he's gotten hot in the playoffs, and I feel like that's yeah. all that matters. And I think, really, at the end of the day, I, I we talked about this in the last podcast, uh, Kansas City Chiefs had no sacks against Tom Brady. They could not get through that offensive line at all. They couldn't penetrate. Um, so old man Tom did not have to worry about being super mobile. Uh, he just really had to check his reads, get his check down backs in place, and keep the chains moving. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams, if they're going to have any remote chance of stopping the Patriots, who, for the record, I'm going to look back at my numbers here. Um, against the, the Chiefs, they held the ball for 44 minutes. Against the Chargers, they held the ball for 38 minutes. Jeez. You have to get them off the field. There's just no other way to put it. Um, if you want these guys to not kill you, you need to get them off the field. You need to get some pressure on the quarterback so he cannot be 13 for 19 on third down conversions in one game. My so, God. and I mean, Aaron Donald, they've already said the Patriots, you know, Bill Belichick is game planning to neutralize Aaron Donald because if he has any chance whatsoever of putting this defense in this place, he has to get Aaron Donald out of the game. So expect him to be doubled a lot. Expect them to have guys back there to pick up the blitz um, and to really kind of keep him from being a factor in this game. So Ndamukong Sue is going to have to show up. He's going to have to put a new wrinkle um, in that uh, offensive game scheme that Bill Belichick is drawing up for this team. He's got to come out here. He's got to come out here like this is the last game he's going to play in the NFL. And this is the bit, I, realistically to me, this is the only game in his entire NFL career that should matter. It should be the most important to him. Uh, because if he comes out of this, you know, absolutely terrorizing, the Patriots offensive line, maybe gets one or two sacks, maybe gets a, a crucial fumble. I mean, this completely shoots the stock value through the roof for next season if uh, the, the Rams want to bring him back, if another team is looking to add him. Because, again, there's just all the potential in the world. It's just unfulfilled. And I think this is probably uh, the reason I go with uh, Sue as the big X factor for this defense. I love it. I love it because I think in Dominican I think, you know, Chaka, you really hit the nail on the head with Sue. I think... I mean, I, I'm going to disagree in the sense that I don't think he's underperformed for his career, but I do think that his performances have sort of suspiciously been a little underwhelming. I do think that, you know, he probably has not fully met his expectations, but I also feel that he was a guy who was always chasing money and has, has just been on woeful franchises. And to their credit, you know, both the, the Lions and the Dolphins ended up making the playoffs in at least one of the years when he was there. Um, not necessarily specifically for him, but he did play well, I think, when he was there. But I agree, you know, for the amount of money that Miami, Miami gave him, he certainly never lived up to that contract. And so now, you know, he's here on this one-year deal. I mean, there's a very real chance he's not going to be back next year unless he performs well in this game. So I do think this is the opportunity for him to shine. Uh, I do think he has a lot of talent and ability. Um, and I think he can get after Tom Brady, and he can be a good X factor for this team. Uh, at the same time, I'm still skeptical to see if, you know, the Patriots don't go into an offense where all of a sudden they're just doing screen passes and getting rid of the ball quickly, and they never give Donald or Sue an opportunity to even get after Tom Brady. And I'd like a big question, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're so good at adapting and adjusting that if, let's say, the, the defensive line is actually able to make make an impact, is it going to matter coming out of halftime? Yeah. 
and and this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm thinking because I'm thinking X factors for these teams as well. From an offensive perspective, I'm thinking an X factor for the Rams is going to be C.J. Anderson. I mean, I think that the power running game that they you know is going to be some of their bread and butter because, like you were saying, you need to get the ball out of Tom Brady's hands, and you you cannot have the Patriots possessing the ball the amount of time that they did against the Chiefs and the Chargers. So you're going to see more power runs up the middle, and I'm not saying Todd Gurley can can't do that. But I'm saying they're going to try to utilize him a little bit more in the passing game, in the screen game, and when the Rams are going to need to really rely on pounding the rock, C.J. Anderson's going to come up, and I think he's going to come up big, and I think he can punish that Patriots defense a little bit better than Gurley can. And again, he's not rusty. He hasn't really played much of the season. You know, he's kind of healthy and hot right at the right time. I'm feeling that C.J. Anderson could be a very essential piece to this Rams offense, I'm thinking he could be an X factor. Now, uh, for for the defense, I mean, I'm suspecting that we're gonna look for something like. I'm trying to think what like I want to almost say one of these other guys around the edge, like maybe a Dante Fowler. You know, one of these more unsung heroes who could actually get after the quarterback and make one of these big, you know you know, these big strip sacks when all of a sudden maybe they are doubling Donald and maybe uh, Indomitian Sue doesn't get to the quarterback, you might see one of these lesser unsung heroes be the X factors. Um, You know, I don't think it's going to be the secondary. Uh, I mean, if anything, that's where I feel like they're going to kind of get exploited. Um, But I'd really be curious to see if somebody, one of these other defensive ends has a big day and all of a sudden comes away with multiple sacks in this game. Um, yeah, I think the only person I was looking at maybe in in the secondary was Ebicam. Um He had a really solid game against the Saints. Yeah. And, and I mean, again, it's 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 asking these guys to do a lot against a, a, a Tom Brady who I he, he's used to cutting cutting defenses to, to Swiss cheese, you know. So I'm 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 very 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 curious to see how these guys can be able to respond to you know the greatest quarterback of all time sizing them up. Now. X-Factors for the Patriots. Um, here, if it's all right, I'd, I'd like to give you a couple of X-Factors that I'm seeing for the Patriots. Um, Please, go ahead. I'm thinking on the Patriots' side of the ball, um, you know, my, uh, I feel like it's easy to say James White because I do think that you're going to see James White taking advantage of, you know, and, and really teasing the defense like he's done in years past. You know, all of a sudden they're throwing him the ball 800 times and then all of a sudden he's running the ball when you least expect it. Um, I really feel like there could be a James White, you know, take, I mean, it feels like he always seems to take advantage of any defense in the Super Bowl. But in addition to a James White, I almost want to say a Rex Burkhead. I mean, I really think those two guys are going to really, really abuse and punish some of the Rams defenders as we proceed through this Super Bowl because when you least expect it, they're going to throw a screen pass to James White and then all of a sudden they're going to run the ball to Rex Burkhead and then next play they're going to run the ball to James White and throw a screen pass to Rex Burkhead and then when you think you've got him on on the ropes, they they throw you know a third down conversion across the middle to Julian Edelman. So I, I'm I'm seeing them coming out the gate and just trying to you know once again marching right down the field. And, and the Rams struggling to stop them on offense. That's what I'm seeing as an X-factor for the Patriots. Now, before I get to their defense, do you want to jump in on X-factors for the Patriots' offense? Well, I'm actually going to pile on there um, and say, actually, I'm going with you on the uh, 
on the running game situation. I actually went with Sonny Michelle as my X Factor. Ooh. Um, yeah. He, so here's the thing. I, I don't want to call it a changing of the guard, but there's definitely been a shift in terms, especially towards the end of the season. And I don't know if it's a preservation thing on Belichick's part, but a lot of the load has been taken off of Tom Brady's shoulders in terms of getting the ball down the field. Sonny Michelle's averaging four and a half yards per carry in the regular season, four and a half yards per carry in the postseason. Wow. He, I mean, four and a half yards from a running back, you'll take it for your team. I'll take it for my team. Um, it's damn solid. It means that every time you give this guy the football, he at least leaves you in a somewhat good spot on second or third down. Um, now, Sonny Michelle is a rookie, obviously, um, but the guy's played, when he's healthy, he's played with as much experience and just, you know, kind of a veteran know-how of any running back who's been in the league for a while. And you factor that in with James White and Burkhead. I mean, man, you've got a pretty nice trio you know, a triple-headed monster at running back that, of course, they don't need to really, you know, rely on Tom Brady to, to throw them into a victory every single time. They can run the football. They can dominate the clock because you have three running backs who can pat, rotate. You can rotate through. Even James White was getting carries against um, Kansas City. Yeah. And it kept them fresh. It kept everyone healthy. And Burkhead in the red zone, who, you know, has just been a power, straight-up-the-middle type of back. I said Sonny Michelle mainly because in the last two games, Put up 240 yards rushing. Yeah. Got five touchdowns. I mean, the guy's been super solid, super consistent. Tom Brady's numbers don't look great, but that doesn't really say much about the overall um, spirit of the game that the Patriots have been playing. And it's to take the football away from you, run it down your throat. Um, and if they need to get themselves out of a jam, a third down situation, you got Tom Brady and Julian Edelman. I, it, it's, it's bread and butter. It's not super exciting, but it's effective. Dude. So that was the X factor, Sonny Michelle. I like that because I really think this run game and and protecting Tom Brady. I mean, again, we've just seen two straight games where they hold the ball for most of the game, and yeah. you know when is a defense going to be able to step up and actually slow them down and stop them from doing that? And you know, truthfully, they, they, the Patriots, if they win this Super Bowl, they will have played three opponents in the playoffs to play the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Rams. Of those teams, who has the best defense? I mean, I think the Chargers have the best defense of those three yeah. teams. And the reality is that, you know, none of them were really able to slow down the Patriots' offense and what they were doing. So I'm really skeptical if the Rams are even going to be able to get after them, if the Rams are even going to be able to stop that third down push. And so, I mean, dude, I think our X Factors are all over the running game because the running game is going to. You know, why do I feel like the leading receiver, at le or, you know, maybe not receiving yards for the Patriots, but at least the most receptions is going to be a running back. It's going to be a Rex Burkett or a James White. I'm going to go James White for sure in this one. I mean, the guy's been as I think he has the record, too, um, in the Super Bowl, most catches Jesus. by a running back, 14 catches. God, one of the most, this guy, James White, probably one of the most unsung heroes of the Patriots over the last handful of years. Because certain guys have come and gone, but my goodness, has he been such a Swiss Army knife for Bill Belichick's offense. Yeah, stuck around, um, God, I can't remember the name guy was it asante samuel i, I can't remember who i'm thinking of. i mean asante samuel was on the pats is that i mean are you, who are you a running back he was a running back um, a shane vereen type of running back who could just kind of catch and run the football steven ridley not not really god i'm having a complete i mean probably shane vereen shane vereen used to catch the ball out of the backfield a lot 
maybe it was a Shane Vereen, but just the guy, yeah, who could just give you versatility, who could do everything uh, coming out of the backfield. I think it was Shane Vereen. Shane Vereen had a Super Bowl where I think he had something like 10 catches. Oh, I'm thinking, maybe I'm thinking of Kevin Falk. I I can't remember. They have had so many guys, the Patriots, of course. They don't really have, I don't want to say loyalty, but they have these guys who they can just kind of bring in, they can utilize it for two or three seasons, and then they don't really dump any money on anyone. Insert shifty pass-catching running back here. I may be thinking of Kevin Falk, but again, you can put anybody in there, just rotate in. Now, from a defensive perspective, the Patriots, now, Patriots defense, probably unsung for most of the year, you know, started out the season kind of dodgy. Uh, you know, I think has gotten better over the course of the season. I think you can certainly say they're they're not the best defense. They're not the fastest. They are definitely, you know, definitely not young to say the least. But they're effective. Um, I think if anything, they get coached up. Bill Belichick, you know, we forget sometimes how great a defensive mind he is. And I'm thinking as an X factor is Stephon Gilmore. Now I know he's a big name, but. I really feel like, you know, the Rams are going to try to use the aerial attack. They're going to do play action. They're going to do their their jet sweeps, all of their fancy window dressing to open up one of those 40-yard passes to Brandon Cooks or one of those 70-yard touchdowns to Robert Woods. And I feel like in those moments, you're going to see Stephon Gilmore step up and make a huge play, whether it be an interception, a pass broken up, or hell... He might also be the culprit of a horrible pass interference, but I do feel like he will play a major part in deciding this game. Um, I mean, look, you basically you lifted my guy. That's my that's my expectation. <laughs> well, no, you go. Do you tell me your thoughts on on Gilmore? I love him, man. I honestly, you know what? It took me a minute because you and I talked about this too. We we're like, how are the Patriots? How is the defense still hanging around with guys? How is it possible that they're still? somewhat competitive every year and their defense has kind of been a whole hum and Gilmore has been solid this is the second year with the Patriots um you know he was solid with the Bills as well but I feel like his game's changed a little bit since he came to the Pats um he doesn't get as many interceptions as he used to but his pass deflections this year were way up the guy was of all 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 pro first team this year which is stunning to me I had no idea that it was coming that's amazing numbers against teams this year He's basically effectively been a shutdown corner. Um, you know, you name all the big guys across the board that he's faced off against, and I think the only person who had a good game against him was um, who's the inconsistent as hell wide receiver on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, uh, Corey Davis. Corey Davis is the only one I think who burned him this year, but everyone else he's faced off against, uh, you name it, he's he's been pretty damn good. I, I I really I'm stunned still looking at it, but when you look at him. He's a big physical corner, which is kind of a transition because that position in the last maybe five or so years, mm-hmm. you used to go with a guy who was small and fast and agile. Now you go with these big corners who can line up with these also, you know, 6'2 to 6'4 wide receivers. Um, he challenges you off the line, and this is where we get into some of those issues with our penalties with him. You know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. But uh, this year, I think he's been very good. He's been very disciplined. I think last year he had a couple ups and downs in particular in deep coverage as well. But I think he's really worked on that this year. And, I mean, he's been the anchor, especially in that secondary for this Patriots defense. He's kind of a mentor to these other guys. So I think for the Patriots defense, if Gilmore comes to play, I mean, you can put him on Brandon Cooks, you can put him on Robert Woods, and have, you know, McCourty on the other side uh, 
I think they've got a good shot at really kind of giving Jared Goff fits. Now, Todd Gurley. Is Todd yeah. Gurley going to have a good game or a bad game? That is hard to say. Do you know what I'm saying I, here, man? I'm, I'm a little bit worried. And, I, I mean, if you'd ask me this three or four games into the season, I'd have said no. But I feel the way that the the way that the Rams offense has been running, and I don't know if this is I don't know if I'm questioning Sean McVay's play calling, but I feel like they haven't really trusted Todd Gurley in the passing game mm-hmm. towards the latter half of the season. They kind of really went away from it. Um, and it seemed like in situations where they all of a sudden called up a play where he had to catch the ball out of the backfield, it was kind of like he, he was rusty. Is mm-hmm. that the word I'm looking for? He, he, like, he wasn't familiar with it because it's been a while since he'd actually done it. Sure. And especially in the last game against the Saints, he dropped a couple passes that I thought were, I don't want to say inexcusable, but I, I mean, it wasn't like a guy was waiting to hit him one second later. He had a minute to make the catch, yeah. look up and make a move. And he just completely, one went through his hands, and I think another one was low, but, uh, you know, one of those things that you should have caught. So I, I think maybe his confidence has been a little bit rattled, and I hope in these two weeks in between games that they're really kind of going back to getting him confident and saying, hey, we are going to call on you to do these things. You are the man, essentially, this offense is focused around. I mean, sometimes it seems like, yes, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods and Reynolds, and they have all these guys that can be flashy and do things, you know, catching the football. But at the end of the day, Todd Gurley is, I mean, he's a freak of nature physically. I mean, he breaks so many tackles and he makes so many yards after the run. He can also catch the ball out of the backfield. I would want to put as many problem sets in front of the Patriots as I possibly could. So to answer your question, I hope he's okay. Because it will make it a much more interesting game. If he's not and we're seeing him, you know, come in with maybe potentially that groin injury that's, he says it's okay, but it's not okay. And then we see some more of C.J. Anderson. We're going to go, what the hell is going on here? So I hope he's okay. It's a much more interesting game if he is. I think about how the Patriots work to take away the strengths of any team. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking, are they going to focus on trying to figure out how to shut down Todd Gurley? Because partially, it almost feels like they might not have to. It almost feels as though they really need to figure out how to minimize chunk plays. You know, really not let the Rams get any big plays off because I feel like the Rams' offense is predicated on big chunk plays. You know, the whole first half against the Saints, they look like dog shit, and then at the end of this, at the end of the second quarter, you know, they have two plays and they score a touchdown. They score a forty-yard play to like Robert Woods, and then they run it in, and it's a touchdown within two plays. Like that fast, they're able to just get right on the board, and they go into halftime. They're only losing thirteen ten, and. I'm sitting here thinking, is a chunk play by a Robert Woods or a Brandon Cooks the thing they're going to try to minimize, and they'll start to let Todd Gurley do what he wants because I feel as though they can minimize him? Or are they going to be doubling Todd Gurley and trying to figure out ways to really slow down the running game? And then that's why I sort of almost feel like C.J. Anderson's going to come up big because I feel like if Todd Gurley doesn't deliver, all of a sudden they'll turn to C.J. Anderson and you're going to find the traditional hard you know, hard pounding running back could be something that allows the Rams to get some juice going during this game. Right. I, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious, like I'm, I'm curious what the Patriots are going to try to take away immediately from the Rams. If I were, if I were the Patriots, I'd be focusing on terrorizing Jared Goff. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I totally agree. 
I, I, not to say anything, but he's had a great year. He had a great year last year as well. But I, I think if you're talking about something focally that's a, a weak point on the offense, it could be Jared Goff, just because he's had a couple up-and-down games where he hasn't been quite himself. I still look back at that Chiefs game as probably the one game that brought out his full potential, and you looked at him and said, man, this guy can be really freaking good. But I oftentimes look at him kind of the same way I look at a Phillip Rivers, where Phillip Rivers would have those games where he'd absolutely light you up. And then every now and then he'd have one of those games that you just you want to stick your head in the ice bucket and just not come up for air yeah. for a while. Which is, you know, throw four picks, you know, and it just looks like everything's kind of just not working for him. So I, I like Jerry Goff, but again, I would make him the focal point of just getting Dante Hightower back there, getting pressure on him, scrambling him out of the pocket, see if we can get him to throw off the wrong foot, maybe force a mistake. Um, really, because when you look at it, Todd Gurley, fantastic. Um, C.J. Anderson's been an absolute revelation for him. But if we can get the passing game to be, you know, kind of on shaky ground, I, I think at the end of the day, Tom Brady gets one or two touchdowns on the board. You can kind of neutralize the running game a little bit because uh, obviously Sean McVay's going to be forced to kind of play to your tempo, to be forced to make more pass plays and kind of take Gurley and C.J. Anderson out of the game. It's happened a couple of times this season where Gurley hasn't been that impactful just because they weren't really – the running league football wasn't the focal point anymore of catching up. So um, I'd be very curious to see, but I would say Bill Belichick go after Jared Goff. Yeah. He can make I, I completely agree. I feel like he's the piece that I don't want to say he's the weakest part of that offense, but yeah. if, if you rattle him, if you get after him and, and you know, I was listening to it earlier today on uh, one of my podcasts. I like to listen to as well. Like, yeah, if you get after a quarterback and you screw up their timing, they're going to make mistakes. You know, absolutely, they're not going to be comfortable. Like, no-brainer. You get after the quarterback, they're going to make mistakes and screw up. But I really do feel that Jared Goff is someone who, <clears throat> when his timing is right, when the pocket is clean, he can kill you. But when he is really forced to roll out of the pocket, think on his feet, throw across his body, you know, Patrick Mahomes can do that shit. Carson Wentz can do that shit. I don't see Jared Goff being that great at it. Maybe he will be in three or four seasons, but right now I don't see him excelling in those moments. And that's what I saw come out against games like the Bears, against games like the Eagles. You know, I think he played pretty well against the Saints. He made some huge throws against the Saints. Yeah. But getting after him, get get Kyle Van Noy in there, get Dante Hightower in there. I don't care how good that offensive line is. Figure out a way to get around Andrew Whitworth. If you start fucking up Goff's timing... I mean, all it takes is one or two turnovers, and the and the Patriots are just taking over this game. I think Chicago, Chicago had the best, the best game against Golf this season, where they really kind of gave you the blueprint of how you could really kind of get in his head. We threw four interceptions. I mean, and they, it was twenty for forty four. They really made him throw the football a lot, you know. And that game, Todd Gurley had eleven rushes for twenty six yards. Like it's just one of those wow. things that they show you. Once, once you get you, you put uh, once you put Goff in a position where he has to be the guy to win the game for you, I'm not saying he can't do it, but that's where you're most likely to see maybe a crack in the foundation. If you're going to get that opportunity, is to really force him to be the guy to throw you out of a game. And uh, I mean, they got pressure on him. They got a couple sacks on him, I believe, in that game. Uh, I, I have to go back and look at the box score, but I do remember that particular game looking. Go, man. Jared Goff got really rocked. Um, 
in terms of just confidence. And just, I got the numbers in game. front of me. They sacked him three times in that game. Okay, yeah. So I, I remember they got to him a couple times, but he just he did not look like himself. He looked like a shell of, you know, the quarterback we'd seen all season that was so confident. And so, and you know, I mean, when you got a squad like that around you, of course, I'd be confident too. I'd be standing on, you know, frigging cloud nine. But it was definitely a game that gave us pause. And I remember... They, they went against the Eagles the next weekend, and they lost that game, too. Yeah. So it, it was, you know, it definitely kind of shook things up a little bit for that team. Now, before we get out of here, I, I so, oh, my God. What can the Rams do to get after the Patriots? Now, getting after Tom Brady, of course, that makes a lot of sense. What the hell can they honestly do to really – try to slow down and get underneath the skin of this Patriots team? What, what do you think? It's, it's the part that really kind of makes me, and I really think about this shit. I'm really trying to figure out because I would say have the outside linebackers blitz a little bit more, just one to kind of cut off those those bubble routes, but that sometimes can hurt you. You yeah. have an outside blitz come, and, you know, that, 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 um, that running back flashes like he's blocking, and then he just pops off for a screen. So you have to be really conservative, and you can't have the middle linebackers blitzing because when you get Edelman running over the middle, I mean, and the Patriots are so quick to pick up on you know um, the blitz packages and what you're doing with your defenses, they adjust so well, which it makes you think like, why can't other teams do this? And it's it's just drilled into it, man. This is just personnel learning. You have one job. This is what you do, you know. Um, so it credits to them for being. I, I mean, having a 40 year old quarterback who says. This is not his last year by any long shot because he probably looks at it and goes, this is pretty easy in terms of what I need to do. Yeah. So Rams, I would say, I mean, God, get on one knee and pray before you go on the field. But they are going to have to implement some kind of blitz packages. They may have to, you know, force themselves to to, to commit some man-to-man coverage on the outsides and hope that, you know, um, their, their, their corners can keep up with Edelman, can keep up with Chris Hogan. Um, and get some pressure on Tom Brady. They're going to need the, the linebackers to go in there and get some blitzes. Hopefully, I, uh, Aaron Donald can get through a double team. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to bank on Aaron Donald becoming, you know, God in the flesh. Yeah. To save to save my team. I, I mean, I feel like some of the best th- options they can count on is, you know, jam Julian Edelman at the line, jam Chris Hogan at the line, contain those chunk plays. You know, do not let the the Patriots just you know paper cut you to death. Do not let the screen passes get uh, get you know. Don't let James White get behind you. And I mean, one of the names we have yet to mention that we have not brought up the entire podcast, who will still kill you in the fourth quarter on third down, oh, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, he is still here. He is still in the Super Bowl again. And God damn it, this guy can still just annihilate you on a third down if you're not looking right. He's still. He will always be the most awkward-looking tight end I've ever seen. But, God, he's been, he's been so good. I, I mean, prolific. I mean, I don't think there's been a tight end as prolific as he has in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, Tony Gonzalez, to me, still, in terms of watching a tight end play, is still always my favorite mm-hmm. just tight end to watch play the game. But no one's been as prolific as Gronk. And it's just awkward to watch this, this man-child just come up to the line and just destroy everyone with his soft hands and just... Everything else is just a freakish Frankenstein nightmare. Dude, he's a, he's he is not human. The man's a cyborg. So I I'm I the Rams have their hands full, especially on offense. I, I mean, they're gonna have to 
they're going to have to figure something out. And God damn it, we have another year of watching Bill Belichick and this Patriots team feel like they've been, you know, disrespected. Isn't that every, every uh. team's kind of shtick is that they've been disrespected and everyone's always counting them out? It's not that we're counting you out. We're just tired of you. It's a big difference between that, you know. We're, no one's underestimated the Patriots. They just hope they lose. Dude, I can't. This fucking Patriots team. They were 11-5. and five. They, they shat the bed a few times this season. Everyone thought that maybe... I mean, how many time, how many years in a row have we had it where it's like, oh, this is the end, and then not only do they not just have an okay season, they go to the goddamn Super Bowl. Think about how many, how many of these teams desperately just try to make it to the yeah. t- to, to the champ to the NFC Championship or the AFC the conference championship games just to get there, and the Patriots seem to just you know, moonwalk their way into the Super Bowl every year. Like, oh, I guess we had a shitty year. So, you know, now we're just, you know, a, 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 a lower ranked offense going into the Super Bowl this year. Oh, oh, oh darn. And it always makes me think, Sam. Um, remember back in 2000, the Baltimore Ravens had this just undeniably powerful defense. Yep. Just absolutely steamrolled everyone. And that became the archetype. Yep. You know, everyone tried to build up these defenses. Lovey Smith's name was, you know, in everyone's mouth. Yep. Like, you know, you, you copied what the most successful I mean, two was. years later, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won a Super Bowl defense. Yeah. So, and exactly. And the same thing came around again where you, you're, you're trying to poach those guys. You're copying the formula. You, you know, you're switching from 4-3 to 3-4 defenses. Whatever worked for the last champion. What I don't understand is that the Patriots have been doing this for 15 years. I don't want to say we know exactly what they do, but the overall gist in terms of what you do in free agency, uh, personnel, uh, plays, I mean, the plays, the play set is not that different. They try that damn flea flicker once or twice a year, too, which makes me sick that it still works sometimes. But, I mean, in terms of what they do, why haven't there been more teams to copy to try to reproduce that kind of efficiency, you know, and that... It makes you wonder what parts of the NFL are actually about, you know, innovation versus what actually works. The, you know, the West Coast offense has blown up in the last 10 years mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, teams implementing it, all these, you know, scheming masterminds coming in. The Patriots haven't been doing anything wildly different in the last 15 years, and it still works. There's three Super Bowls in a row, so I think at some point someone's got to go, all right, we just got to fucking copy these guys. Stop with the shit. Uh, we have to copy this. <sighs> I I don't. I'm I'm in, I'm I'm speechless. I'm just speechless. Yeah. And I think everyone. I think collectively, we're. You're never gonna see a pairing like this in any sport again, ever. Uh, one man, one man, and one coach just dominating for this long. You know, and we got to do this again next year. And 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 in a modern era, you know, this is not something yeah. like the Celtics in the '60s or something. Like this is happening right. Now, yeah, this is crazy. I'm uh, I'm picking the Patriots to to beat the Rams in this Super Bowl. God damn it, Patriots! I'm a I'm picking Patriots as well. Oh man, I just listen. It's you know, I I I try to be an unbiased you know fan. I know I have my my fa- my favorites. I love my Eagles, but you know, I try to pick who I think is going to win, and I think the Patriots are going to win this Super Bowl. And I actually. I'd be very excited to see if it's a close game, but I, I don't think it will be. I mean, I, I think it'll be... 10 you know, points. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it could be 31-21 or, or, or maybe 28-18 or 28-20, but I, I just... I mean, having this game come down to a field goal does not feel like 
what I'm going to see. I feel like the Patriots are going to do what they did the last couple of weeks. They're going to hold the ball for most of the game. They're going to be in control from jump. And, you know, we might as well just anoint Tom Brady and Belichick right now. Yep, it's going to choke the life out of you slowly. <sighs> Is, um... All right, uh, listen, We sh- anything else to say before we get the hell out of here? No, I'm, I'm, uh... I'm at a loss for words. I'm just... I'm sad now. <laughs> well, listen, let's try to perk up a little bit. To get excited about the fact that it's Super Bowl weekend. And we get the Super Bowls this weekend. This is going to be awesome. We, uh, You know, it only happens once a year. Um, it sucks that neither of our teams are in it. But at least now we have the the added sort of lack of pressure to sit back and actually just enjoy the game. Yeah, um, that's true. Have fun watching a great game. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of ridiculous Super Bowl commercials as well. And, uh, you know, and if the, if the Patriots do win... We will, we will continue to be able to witness greatness because you said it, man. I don't know if we're going to see another team, another coach, another quarterback really achieve what this team's been able to achieve. And if they win again, I mean, my goodness, it'll be hard to knock them off the pedestal. And, and, and Yeah, and just what I think is probably the hardest sport to do this in, in my yeah. opinion. Oh, I completely agree. I'm sure hockey fans probably have a bone to pick with me on that one, but... I'm I'm sticking my ground on this one, dude. I I completely agree. I think you know I certainly have thoughts on that as well. I think it's a little easier in basketball, just the way the the sports are constructed, and football. It is so so hard to repeat. The last team to repeat was the Pats in 03-04. and I mean, considering that was 15 years ago, that tells you how hard it is to do. And and to think that they are now in three straight Super Bowls, whether they've won or not, I mean, still just. Yeah. Just, just mind blowing. Let's not even go into the fact that they've been to like eight straight conference games. I mean, that's just bonkers in itself. The, the legacy. I, I mean, it's just he just sword in the stone, man. I there's, there's no one that's gonna pick that up for a long time. All right, everyone. Thanks. We're getting out of here. Thanks a lot for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. Really appreciate you listening to me and Shaka talk some uh, some Super Bowl Fifty Three preview. Um, we're going to be watching the game this weekend. As always, you can subscribe to uh, Sam Sports Podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You can like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFace Jones. And of course, you can always email Shaka and I at samsportsstation at gmail.com. But in the meantime, enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend. Shaka and I will, yeah, we'll be back next Tuesday. We'll unpack what happened. I mean, we have to, we have to reflect on history as it is unfolding in front of us. Um, but uh, listen, enjoy the game. I'm sure we'll see some history in the making. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about it next week. Take it easy, guys. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Enjoy the Super Bowl.